What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. And here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Goes toward the end. Battle of Intercepted, picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome back for another edition. Oh, not edition. Episode. Same difference. All right. Well, I screwed up the beginning. That's fine. But I hope you all enjoy this newest episode of the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. We are the Salty Dogs. We are. And uh, we talk most about Buccaneers football. We try. And we enjoy it more after a win. Uh, it's been a few weeks, so it's nice, yes. Yeah, we needed to get that one at home. Three well, straight road losses, home losses would have been tough. That would have, especially at home, but three losses in a row hurts. Haven't done that since yeah. Tom Brady got here. He's never had three in a row. I think but I think the last time he had three in a row was like 2001. Like his first year starting? Yeah, something like that. That is amazing. Which is, you know, it gets scary because usually, you know, the team's been playing pretty well at home, but then we were on – we actually were on a three-game losing streak at Raymond James Stadium if you right. count the last the playoff season. game. Yeah, yeah, the last one. But we gave the fans – or we didn't. Tom Brady and company gave the fans what they wanted. Tom looked good again. He, he racked up 351 yards. It took 52 throws for the second week in a row because, as Todd Bowles explained after the game, <clears throat> Atlanta's defense chose to – bracket our outside guys uh-huh. and load up in the middle they did and make it tough to run up the gut mm-hmm. so that made the the most vulnerable vulnerable areas sort of like to out to the sides and not very deep yeah and so that's why tom just threw the ball to leonard fournette i think 11 times something like that he threw it to him he well, caught the, 10 passes the fact that the other uh, 11 l- times the fact that yesterday at lunch you just casually mentioned that tom brady threw for 351 yards i, I was it didn't feel like it it you? did not feel like that at all it was like a thousand paper cuts for the falcons we just <laughs> yeah yeah you know that's that's the sort of death that they chose and, and tom brady made it work well that's he what was, he's been doing for ever since he got here taking what they give as they say yeah and you talk about how everybody's talking about how scoring is down in the NFL because it is mm-hmm. scoring it is. is down this year in the NFL. And if, and if you ask me why, I think it's just because the NFL is cyclical. Yeah. And when, you know, things happen and offenses, uh, you know, you get these amazing offensive players like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen coming into the league and um, they have these explosive offenses. Well, eventually teams figure out better ways to play these, them in these defenses do. And so they do a better job against your Mahomes, and, and mm-hmm. they still have big days, and so does Tom Brady, but not as many and not as big. And uh, and it'll it'll cycle back again. Like if you look at the last ten years of scoring, um, ten years ago, two thousand two seasons ago, the last ten seasons, two thousand thirteen, the average game had forty six point eight points. 
And then just last year is at 46.0. Wow. Um, but this year it's dropped to 43.7 points per game, which by percentage, that doesn't sound like a lot, but by percentage compared to other years, the only other time we've seen something like this is when it dropped from, from 45.6 in 2016 to 43.4 in 2017. And then it went right back up to 46.7. So if you don't like the way the NFL looks right now. Stick around. Stick, yeah, it's like so. the weather in Florida. If you don't <laughs> like it, just wait 15 minutes. It'll change on you. Yeah, uh, although you probably will have to wait until November for some cool weather. Yeah, well, I actually think it's chilly in the mornings here. Oh, it's please. like it's like 72 when you get up. Please. <laughs> You've lived here too long. I have. That's, that, is, that is very true. That so, is very true. Uh, what we... So anyway, the Buccaneers end up winning twenty-one to fifteen, and it doesn't really matter what the score was; you just want to win, right? Uh, it, it's just that these games don't look like what we've become accustomed to with Tom Brady the last couple of years. Right? Uh-huh. You last couple of times we played Atlanta, we scored a ton of points, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, if you look at it, it feels like the Bucks' offense isn't the Bucks' passing attack isn't as effective this year, right? Correct. However, we were ranked. Second in passing and took – you can see I've done my research, but I not know. necessarily – I can't necessarily talk at the moment. No. Uh, second in passing in 2020, first in passing in 2021. What do you think we're ranked in passing this year? Mm, fourth. Third. So, oh. I mean, it's just overall numbers are down. Yeah. Buccaneers led the league at 307.6 uh, last year and are down more than 30 yards but still ranked third. Hmm. And uh, the only the, the only real outlier is, Bu- is Buffalo, of course. They're right. at 324, and they're first, and they're just almost unstoppable, it looks like. Well, for now they are. Except that, you know what, you just don't know until the season continues. Because, I, you know, I, I last week Tom Brady made a comment at the podium, and it made me laugh when he said he's seen a lot of bad football. That's right, he did. And I know what he means, and I agree. Because, and, I, and I look at it this way. I don't necessarily know if it's bad football. It's just not. It's just not season-ending caliber football. That's how I like to view it. It's still entertaining. So maybe also we should take it with a grain of salt that that's coming from the perspective of an offensive player. Well, that's true. You know, maybe some of these defensive guys would say, hey, it's not necessarily bad football. Or or for a guy that's been watching a lot of tape and going, ooh, ooh. And that that would include we haven't actually – we as the Buccaneers haven't actually played a – Four quarter game, right? You know, this all one was close. Fa- yeah, all facets of of a game. This one was good up until three quarters, twenty one nothing shutout ball. Yeah. All three phases were doing pretty good. There was some coverage issues on kicks and punts, but otherwise, special some in- teams was even yeah, good. special. But you had some injury. You know, we we were running out of DBs. Yeah, you know, that's right. which was were- which is that's a depth that we have. And then our defense was fatigued. As Todd Bull said, has said on a couple occasions yeah, in the fourth yeah. quarter. I, I here's what it, I, I was trying to figure that. Out. Well, I, I I understand what he's saying because we do we we were having we being the Buccaneers were having success with a hurry up offense, but they had a couple times in the fourth quarter where they had like two possessions and it was no. less than two minutes. That is the next thing I wanted to talk about oh, actually. Okay, and you're you're on the right track there. And whenever we talk about either play calling or offensive strategies. I always want to acknowledge that people like Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich and whoever else is involved in that know way more about football than I do, and I would never be able to do the play-calling job in an NFL game. No. I acknowledge that. However, that being said. I, and I also acknowledge the fact that sometimes we complain about things 
based on results rather than whether or not it really was a good strategy. There okay, go. so there's yeah. all the caveats uh, out of the way. Right. Now I will say that watching <laughs> is, that game. Is that is, is, is this your butt? Yeah, that's the butt <laughs> moment okay. right there. That's my Mark Sanchez moment. Right. Watch while we're watching that game. We're up twenty-one nothing. Okay, let's find the exact spot here. Twenty-one nothing into the fourth quarter. Right, we're we're up twenty-one nothing. Um, it is there are three minutes left in the third quarter, and it's twenty-one nothing. We get the ball back at our thirteen, and we go into a hurry up. Now, as you said, they've had some sex, success success with that, said, right? And through these years with Tom Brady, there have been many times when when Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady have decided to go into a hurry up because it seems to at times get the offense into a rhythm. Mm-hmm. I can understand why, then, that they would think that that might work. But I'm sitting there going, we have a 21-0 lead. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing hurry-up? Why are we snapping the ball with 30 seconds on the play the clock? play clock, right. right. Okay, so once you're like, okay, it didn't work, but you're still leading 21 nothing. Sure. Then they score a touchdown on the ensuing drive, and then each of the next two drives, we do it again. And all three ended up in three knots. Now, a take your time – you stay in the huddle, snap the ball with two seconds, which still might have all gone three and out. I'm not sure. saying that that would have been a better offensive strategy. But she would have taken more time off the clock. Those three drives took an exact total of two minutes off yeah. the clock combined. Was it three? I couldn't remember. Was it two or three drives? It was I just three re- drives, and if you add up the time, it was exactly two minutes. Yeah, which was nothing, considering if you would take, what do you have, 45 seconds in between plays? If you did three, that's I mean, a minute and a half plus. So... I'm saying basically you, you would have taken four minutes off the clock had you run the ball. I'm saying if you, well, it's not even just run the ball. Right. It's don't snap with 30 seconds left. Well, that's true. But they probably would. Yeah, you get to the line and you watch and, and yeah. they. But, you know, I do understand the fact that you, the whole game, they were in basically a hurry up and they were moving the ball up and down the field. And, of course, you're going into this thinking that you're going to get a first down, so you're going to continue marching down the field. Exactly. That was not the case. I understand though. that. But three times in a row, and then it's frustrating to watch, at least, let me say. Well, and yeah. And if if you take – if those three drives could easily have taken six minutes, even if you get only – even if you get no first down. Sure. Just milk the clock and run the ball the majority of the time. You're probably taking off on three drives – about six minutes without getting a single first down. Right. Each one is about two minutes long off the clock, right? Uh-huh. That's four more minutes that wouldn't have existed. We got the ball back. The Bucks got the ball back after their second touchdown with 438 on the clock. Right. If they only had to run out 38 seconds, it would have been an awful lot easier. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, that's true. So it was just it was just confusing to me, but I will obviously concede that it worked, I guess, because the Bucks won, right? Yep. Everything. I'm not everything they did contributed uh, no, to but that you have victory. To, but it. But you have to look at it and say what ifs and how do you yeah. improve and what's better. So it'll be if if the next game that the Buccaneers have a lead like that, and it'll be fun to see if it stays in hurry up or if they they you know yeah. Well, march I hope we get to see a lot of the uh, runs. I hope we get tried. to see a lot of that. How their strategy is on games <laughs> leading twenty one nothing yeah. going into the fourth quarter. Well, you felt really really comfortable with that, and then all of a sudden it was twenty one fourteen. Fifteen. Yeah, that's right. Two point conversion. Um, you're kind of like going, what's going on? Are we right. are we falling asleep at the wheel here? What's happening? So then, what you have is your classic four minute drill, mm-hmm. which is what. Teams have always called that situation at the end of the game when you're trying to run out anywhere from like two to five minutes. Yeah. Run out the clock and don't give it back. That's the four-minute drill. Usually you're trying to run the ball because that helps you run out the clock. Sure. And usually it's not easy because 
the opposing team knows you're trying to run the ball. And, and that drive started off great with a 12-yard four-net run. Uh, but then we, we, the Buccaneers were the benefit of two defensive penalties yeah. on third downs that would have ended the drive. And the one everybody's talking about this week, so we are going to talk about it. We are. The one everybody's talking about is Grady Jarrett sacking Tom Brady, uh-huh. which would have been the only sack that the Bucs gave up all, all game, as it yeah. turns out. But it was erased, mm-hmm. and a 15-yard penalty was tacked on um, be- because Jarrett was flagged for roughing, roughing the, the pass. passer. <clears throat> they didn't – that essentially clinched the game because we were able to kneel it out. Sure. I think no, no. We had to get one more first down. Yeah, and and of course well, we went to Mike Evans on third down yeah. to get it, and then we were able to run it out. If I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan or a player or coach, now I'll say first of all, I read through all the post game quotes that were transcribed from the Falcons locker room uh-huh. the podium, and I think the coach probably went into that locker room and, and you know he, he talks to the uh, team before sure. anybody they ever talked to me and said hey, they they can feel however they want about it in that locker room, but when you talk to the media, you say. We had a lot of opportunities to win that game, and we can't let it come down to a ref. Right, right. That's right. what they all said. Mm-hmm. It was very well done by them. That was a, that was a big Tony Dungy thing. Don't let the don't let the referees yeah become an equation in the game play. Right. That being said, if I'm Grady Jarrett or any other Falcon or a Falcon fan, I'll admit I'm frustrated because you look at that play and it does not look like roughing. No, but let's back up a little bit. Let's go a little bit earlier in the game with Vita Vea getting yeah. caught. For roughing right. the passer. So, if when, you look at that particular play, and it was a great acting role on, on the Falcons quarterback. He, he did a great job of rolling over, thinking that he was really hit very, very hard. And so, I didn't think that was pass interference. Yes. And on the play, he's locked up with a guard, and the guard kind of, as he shoves separates, him in. shoves him in that right. direction. Not trying to shove him at the quarterback, but that is what happened. And Vita Vea just kind of gets shoved that way, and he, he like holds his hands up. He's not trying to hit Mariota. He just kind of right. bumps into him. Right. So I agree that that was not a good call. It, didn't, it wasn't quite as destructive of a call. No, but it's the, it's the train of thought where, particularly as you watch the rest of the games throughout the, the league this week, Roughing the passer was not going to be tolerated in any shape or form. And so that becomes, where does it go now? Yeah. And I, I, I would like to answer that question as if I was the commissioner in this league or maybe the head of the competition committee. All right. And it is something well, I, I have. I will crown you for the next two minutes commissioner well, of the Salty Dogs. I go actually ahead. feel really good about this because I have mentioned this on multiple occasions on uh-huh. this show mm-hmm. that I think. Uh-huh. Roughing the pass for penalties should be reviewable. Well, yeah. You can throw a challenge yeah. flag on a roughing the pass. Okay. And I know that they tried that with pass interference, and it was a complete and total failure, and they said, no more. That's We're not going to do that. Right. I think this is an easier one to call on replay because I think sometimes an official sees something. Maybe it's because Tom Brady's legs went flying. Right. He thinks he got slammed excessively hard to the turf. Well, it was more like a wrestling move when he took it. Yeah, I mean, the re- his, his explanation was that he got slammed to the turf yeah. unnecessarily. Yeah. Didn't look really egregiously like that on replay. No. Right? Correct. And make that play reviewable. Now, it's not automatically reviewed. It's just you have to throw a challenge flag. Or in the last two minutes of the game, I guess it would be automatically yeah. reviewed. But this was at 440. Well, here's... They might not have had a timeout left either. Well, 
<laughs> we can get into that too. We I learned something. The excessive not, timeout. Yeah, the excessive. The, the let's see. I can tell if they one. if they had a timeout at that point. They that was. Uh, this was. But but what's interesting about roughing the passer as it's as it was played out this week. They had one timeout left, so they would have been able to review it. Okay, but it would cost them their last timeout. See, this is this is where I I'm kind of like trying to figure out which way this is going to go. If you go back two weeks, two Sundays ago, this last two Sundays ago, right? Everybody was in an uproar because um, Tua. Tungavailoa. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Miami Dolphins quarterback. Right. Has a, gets hit, not taken out of the game. Well, he was. He okay. came back in. Right. Then played on Thursday, got hit, concussion, out. Everybody's in an uproar. Our game, two games ago, Cam Bray gets hit, comes off. Spotter didn't believe it was a concussion. Don't know if it was, but then afterwards, Cam didn't play this week because of it. So, on one aspect, you have everybody and their brother yelling and screaming about how you got to protect everybody from concussions. The league or the officials or whoever, whether it's coincidence or not, all of a sudden we're going to call the slightest touch of a quarterback immediate roughing the passer because we're trying to protect the quarterback now. So you can't have it both ways. You see what I'm saying? In other words, everybody, everybody's cranked up on one point. And, oh, you can't, you know, Jeff. hey, you're going to get hit. Jeff. I mean, Tom Brady said it best last night on his podcast. You go in knowing that there's a possibility that you're going to get hit like that. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not buying. I'm not with you on this one. Uh, I'm because, sorry, but I think it. Because, you know, on one hand, can I it goes, say something. Go ahead. You just you, had like a three-minute soliloquy. I think uh, I didn't answer. Can't well, I? I'm not done yet. I'm just saying. You. Oh, I love when you get all salty. <laughs> I mean, I had a chance to talk. You can still talk after. Go ahead. That. I'll let you go. I don't think the controversy over Tua has anything to do with roughing the passer calls. There was not a roughing the passer call on the plays where he was injured. Right, and that's and that's why now there are a bunch. But of it wouldn't make any difference. The players would still play the same way. They would just get penalties. Correct. Well, then why does it matter? Because now the league wants you not to do that. So the, they have to decide what is that you right. want. But but quarterbacks get hurt on plays that aren't illegal, or mm-hmm. they can get hurt on plays that are called penalties Correct. that we see really shouldn't be. Correct. So the the controversy over Tua was that he was allowed back into the game. Mm-hmm. The controversy was over the concussion process, uh, process of, of – of Yes. Diagnosing a concussion and erring on the side of caution. Right. The – he came over to the sideline. He went into the locker room, Tua did, after the fir- the Sunday game. He was evaluated for a concussion. They did not believe he had a concussion. No, they, they still said, say he didn't have a concussion. No, they say it was his back. His back came out. Now, which I understand the change how they can in the rule. That. The change in the rule was they added ataxia, mm-hmm. which I think is how it's pronounced, to a symptom that yes. if you see it, you're automatically out. Right. So Tua got up front on that Sunday, started walking back to the huddle, and then stumbled. And everybody watching believed, and maybe correctly, that that was the, caused by a concussion because mm-hmm. that was a very common concussion symptom. Mm-hmm. It's called ataxia. Right. Now, if a spotter sees that, it doesn't matter what the team doctor says. It doesn't matter what the yeah anybody uh, says. In, uh, the yeah. uh, what's which impartial wh- neurologist that's on hand. It doesn't matter if the spotter sees any evidence that he thinks is ataxia. They have to come out of the game. And ironically, maybe it's not ironic. 
Uh, it's not ironic necessarily. Okay. But the very next game after the whole after they changed that rule, Teddy Bridgewater is right. starting. One play. He gets hit on the ground, and he comes off, but he's not showing any signs of uh, – of a concussion. However, the spotter there says they saw him stumble. Mm -hmm. They called it a taxia. He's out. There's nothing anybody can do about it. No. It doesn't appear as if he actually had a concussion. No. And nobody else other than the spotter has been able to find this moment where the guy stumbled. Right. But because of this new rule that came into place because of how Miami and everybody involved handled Tua, now Miami's down to their third quarterback for all but one play of the Mm -hmm. game and they get blown out by the Jets. Right. Which is now we're in a situation which we don't know what you can and can't do to a quarterback it's two different things i, I, I know but it's not an invalid argument but you but can't what apply I, but, it to this yeah but what i'm saying though is that because of the concussions this is it's all not because of the concussions you don't believe that no i mean some of these rules set up for the quarterbacks are i mean are, are of course to protect them from all types of injuries mm-hmm. there's no doubt that's true no. and some of them involve where they can right. get hit in the legs and so on to sure. avoid those knee injuries mm-hmm. That's true, but the current dissatisfaction with how roughing the passer is being called is for competitive reasons, not because of the concussion thing. It's two different things. Right, but I think they intertwine because the only reason why bit. the only reason why you're worried about the quarterback getting smacked around is so he doesn't get hurt. Right, that's that's the premise. I mean, Troy Aikman made the comment, which I don't know if you watched that broadcast at all. But which one? He made a comment. And uh, I guess it became very, very social. He made a comment that um, he was wondering when they were going to take the dresses off the quarterback. I hate now. that stuff. So do I, because I, I, I think we're just. I think it's like anything else. It's the pendulum has gone all the way to the other side for whatever reason. Why you're going to see it, but I think it's going to find a neutral territory where you know. Well, I saw a couple roughly the passer calls, which. I th- last night, yeah. for instance, I did not believe that was roughing Agreed. the passer. Agreed. I, That's why we now, need to make it reviewable. That's my right. whole point. But who's going to decide that? You make it's you, the same as anything. They watch the same. They say they just watch the replay and they decide. Right? Yeah, but I just I think I believe at this stage of the game, they're going to err more safety to the quarterback. No matter what, they're they're just going to call it more because. If you to, if you reviewed that Grady Jarrett play and right. saw it in slow motion right. as many times as you want to as compared as compared to Jerome Boger, Boger seeing what he looked for a second yeah. to, to be a violent action, <laughs> and you see that it's not roughing the passer right. and you overturn that call, mm-hmm. how does that compromise player safety at all? At all? If he had done what's against the rules, perception, then he would have. The been. perception is you are creating okay, but safety. The the. Yes, and the refs are still erring on the side of caution by throwing the flag more than you or I would, mm-hmm. right? And throwing Correct. the flag on plays where it doesn't look like it. They can still do that. But now that it's reviewable, you can get rid of some of the most egregious ones right. that make everybody so angry. Well, I personally thought it was a forced fumble from last night in the Kansas City game. He fumbled on that play? Yeah, you can see. You can Wait, see. who did? Brady? No, no. In the Kansas City game last oh, night. Oh, okay. That the ball was out. I don't remember the play we're talking about. Yeah. Where it's, um, what's his name? Peters? Is that his name? Defensive guy for Kansas City? Uh, Pounced on. Chris Jones? Chris, no. Was it Chris Jones? I don't know the play we're talking about, so I'm just well, it was a player. It was on the sack. Oh, well, I, that was, well, over, that had the penalty? I think that was Chris Jones. Yeah. 
Who's great? He actually player. had the ball. He landed on the ball. <laughs> so that was. But, but it would have been. Well, which would, in your case, would be reviewable. Would be a great thing to see, right? right. But our the, the the question is, they want to speed up the game. So if you add more reable uh, reables, if you have more reviews, now personally, whenever a flag is thrown. And then you have to have everybody come together to talk about the flag. And when I say come together, I'm talking about the officials. officials. I think that's become way too much. Don't you want them to get it right? Yeah, but if you're throwing a flag, why why are you throwing the flag? You have to convince everybody else. There was a play in our game where Tom Brady got hit, and they threw the flag, and they talked, and they said no. And then they picked it up. Because another guy at a better angle said no, he didn't hit him below the knee. So. And that's and that's fine to, for me. Yeah, it's like it's like being reviewed then. Yeah, okay. a little bit. I mean, it's they got together on it. I just think all of this is happening because of the beginning of, you know, they want to make sure that because there was such a big deal about concussions. There's nothing wrong with that. I am absolutely fine with them right. making more and more rules to make a game more safe and and be damned the people who say like Troy Aikman says. Yeah, it's a he should know. Well, it's yeah. a violent game still, no matter sure. how many rules they put in this. Right. Look at how many guys get hurt every week. Well, yeah. It, yeah. There's an ambulance at the every game. Right. Which is scary in itself. There, but I don't I you see that's that's just it. I don't I mean, maybe reviewable is gonna be the solution. They can you know Well, it's never gonna happen. You don't think a- it after will? they did the PI one and it was such a disaster, I doubt they don't want to make well, they couldn't they decide what penalties. a PI. Yeah, well, they couldn't decide what a PI. They don't was. want to make penalties reviewable, but I right. think they should make an exception on this. But one. when you get into a game, back to the Buccaneer game and the Falcon game, when you get into a game and say, "Okay, that was a very questionable flag on roughing the passer," it was a first down. But if you go back and you look at pass interference, right. okay, now you can say the Scotty Miller play. If, yeah, if if a Falcon fan and a, and a Buccaneer fan were having a beer together, yeah. In the in the bar, the Falcon fan would be crying into his beer about the the Grady Jarrett penalty, and the Bucks fan would say, "Well, right before that, right of what I think was a very blatant pass interference so on a I. downfield." No, that's what the fans saying. But yeah. then I didn't think it looked that personally. I didn't think it looked that bad real time. Mm-hmm. But on the replay, that's pretty blatant pass interference. Mm-hmm. The guy's lost. It's D. Alford. Yeah. And he's lost, and he just finds him and, and like just runs into him. And then shoves him out of bounds in the process. Yeah, and yeah. and the contact is clearly there before the ball. I think I think Scotty still caught it. Mm-hmm. He was just out of bounds. Out of bounds. But that's that would have ended the game essentially. Yeah, but here's the other here's the other thing too is okay. Let's let's say um, they oh. don't call roughing the passer, and the Buccaneers have to punt. Yeah, that's the next thing. That doesn't necessarily mean the Falcons are going to march down the field, even though they just scored right. two touchdowns and an extra point. But they also didn't score on their first seven drives of the game. Well, that's what that's where I was. So everyone's just making the assumption. I guess I guess they didn't have a chance. That's to what they're trying about. It. I think that that would. Be I think fair. a Falcon player right now is looking at it as like they took away our chance to go down and win it, and we were kind of the momentum was on our side. Right. A Falcon fan, uh, and, and I'd probably be this way if I was a Falcon fan. Sure. Deal, you know, looking at this emotionally, feels like they actually had a win stolen from them. They had the opportunity to win taken away considering that the falcons were uh, have been a team that they've been coming back in the fourth quarter on their wins yeah but they, they yeah they've also tended to crash have a lot of bit. fourth quarter yeah. collapses too why but i'm just talking about this current yeah, team that's right this current team they did it to new orleans yeah. and <clears> but and, if you look at one of those win probability charts have you ever seen one of those yeah the kind of line yeah, goes up and, and up? it goes so i looked at that exact moment 
And after the Scotty Miller no call mm-hmm. on the deep ball, right. the Bucks' win percentage was still – win probability was still 95%. Right. So every game's different, and that win probability thing is a little shaky because it's just based on every other game that's happened mm-hmm. and so comparable situations. But – in those games, was the defense tired? Was right. this was somebody hurt? Where, and you know, you don't know. But still, the Buccaneers would have still been highly favored to win that game, yeah. even if that call wasn't. And they had to punt. They would have punted down to probably about the 10, 15 yard line. So they have to go the whole field. They mm-hmm. can't settle for a field. They goal. don't have any timeouts left. They have no timeouts. They have to go the whole way, and they really didn't have much of a passing game. Yeah. And you can't just run the ball down the field with no timeouts left. Correct. You're going to have to yeah. throw the ball. Right. And that's what the Buccaneers wanted all night was for them to throw the ball. Well, they weren't wanted Mariota to, to beat you. That was their yeah, game and, plan. I mean, he, he still only had. Yeah, he had better numbers than you think he did. No, he didn't. He no. threw for 147 yards. Oh. I mean, that's not in today's NFL. Yeah. And that's, I think, above what his game average had been, or close to it at least. They just have only been running the ball well. They have not been throwing it well. Yeah. And they really didn't throw it that well. I mean, he was okay. He had some nice throws there towards the end. I think. I think in that particular game, it, the disappoint. I think it's funny that people were disappointed in the win, and and it it makes me laugh because I guess just when you're winning as much as the Buccaneers have won in the last three years, you're it it becomes now you're you're jaded. It's it's like if you don't blow them out, it's you well. Know, you look it at doesn't. It doesn't have as much meaning, but it's hard to win in the NFL. It was a divisional game, and everyone, you know what? It was for first place. I know. It's just you look at the schedule before the year and go, oh, those first four games are tough, but then we got some easy ones. Yeah. And you go, Atlanta, we should blow them out. Well, Atlanta's a little bit better than people expected. Mm-hmm. Their running game is fabulous, and their defense has been okay. And they're running back, and their, their top guys were out. Yeah, they were missing Cord- Cordero, Patterson, and Kyle Pitts. Who- yeah. Who you talked anyway. about last week, yeah. <laughs> he only caught basically one less pass this past game than he has in every other game. Okay. <laughs> one fewer, I should one say. One fewer. <laughs> so, anyway. But, um, yeah. I, I mean, all in all, I thought it was uh, – I, I, I thought I was happy to see the, the defense uh, come out, play strong yes. really Start quick. Start fast. Start fast. Next they note did. on my list, John. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. Well, go ahead. No, no, that was it. Well, I just I I was happy to see that. I um I was looking for the for the little things and even offensively coming out, being able to move the ball, getting a rhythm going. Um, I do like the hurry up. I really, really, yeah, I, I, I agree. really, I I enjoy watching it. It's, it's worked a, it's, a lot. It's worked a lot. It's fun. But then again, as we talked earlier in the fourth quarter, I wouldn't have done it. I would have I would have preferred like let's just kind of run the ball maybe a bit. once yeah. maybe maybe that first drive because you thought you had something and then it didn't work mm-hmm. next two drives don't do it again yeah that was surprising but I guess they were all in because they didn't run the ball so I mean everybody must have been comfortable with it or you know someone would have changed it correct well, I don't know I think sometimes things happen in the heat of the moment and, and then the next day you're reviewing and go maybe yeah we should have yeah. approached that <laughs> well that's true maybe I should not but have I, had that hot dog I agree with you the defense got the fast start that it needed yeah I mean it wasn't perfect but they were doing a pretty good job good job yeah um they, they were actually pretty decent against that running game in the first half mm-hmm. and they really just they found some things in the second half and Mariota accounted for like 60 of those 150 yards yeah. so that's a totally different animal right? yeah when he breaks out of the pocket and starts I mean it's not something you, yeah. it's not something you face every game no but it seems that that that's his that's his game but then early on early on our first scoring opportunity one of the things that has been frustrating for this team 
reared its ugly head again. Is short yardage problems. Mm. Third and ones and fourth and ones. Fourth and one. So you had to play on second and eight, I think, to Kate Otten. Yep. He catches the ball. In my mind and in his, because I talked to him after the game, he's lying on top of that defender. He hasn't he's hit the ground yet. Correct. So he stretches the ball over the line. To me, it looked pretty obvious that he did. Must, yeah. But they didn't spot it there. They spotted it more like where his chest was. And so it's like half yard short. Yeah. Todd Bowles, and I completely agree with this. He said on Monday he thought about challenging it but didn't because on those spot calls – Unless you have some real clear evidence, they just don't want to change. No, those. they don't. They they have a hard time. Well, where actually is the ball? He said we didn't think they would overturn it. Right, and I think he's right. I no, don't think I, they would have overturned it. I agree. I think. I, and you're fourth and one. You so should, you you don't just yeah, and you think you can make fourth and inches, right? Because it was inches. Yeah, yeah. No, I still I am still struggling with the fact that we still use two guys and a chain to decide <laughs> ten yards. That. It just I I mean. You have, what is it? Yeah, next, I, what is it? Next gen stats. Yeah, and they, okay, have, and they wear those chips in their vests. Okay, you got. I can tell you, for instance, that Zion McCollum ran for nine hundred nine total yards. That's that they can get that precise of information. But you got two guys in a chain for the <laughs> for ten for a first down. I I mean, you can still have them out there. It's a great look. It's really pretty cool. You know, you tug on the chain. I mean. You put the chain down. Do you bend it a little bit forward? Do you move it back? I mean, when the guy's walking to spot, when the guy, when the officials walking to spot the ball, is he spotting it off his left foot or his right foot? I mean, seriously, it just in this. You know how they do it, right? They have somebody grab the chain right on like a yeah. Yard he grabs line. the link and he walks out you, with it. You grab the you you get to one of the like 10 or five yeah. yard lines and you grab the link there <laughs> yeah. and you walk down the line and then they stretch so it out. Scientific. Stretch it out. So scientific. So that way it doesn't matter that if this guy holding yeah. this one right. stick wobbles a little bit in yeah. his walk, it yeah. doesn't matter because you still got the yeah, chain. Yeah, you go with that. So how would you do it? Well, I think you could, I think, I think there has to be a way. Is there not a chip already in the ball? I don't think there's a chip in the ball. Okay. But I mean, you could put a chip in a okay, ball. Okay. So put a chip in the ball. But then what? Well. When do you decide that the play was over? Because the chip will tell you when it breaks a plane the chip will tell you that where Kate Otten stretched the ball to but the yeah. ref still decides when he was down well I guess you'd have to have like a laser beam thing on laser the beam side. things yeah, yeah. We on need the laser side. beam things yeah on all the we s- need is some freaking sharks with some freaking lasers <laughs> on their heads and then and then you cross the line and it goes <laughs> and you're good to go first but down. still how do you know he wasn't already down if his knee's down and then he sticks the ball over the line and goes, it's still, he was already down before he got there. Oh, wow. I, your system is, you need to work out some kinks here, Jeff, because this is I didn't say out. I had it. I said they must be able you to You want come somebody up with else it. to come up with you. Well, if, if you're going to complain, if, like I complained about the roughs in the past, if, and I came up with a solution. If I'm going to come up with the idea, I'm not doing salty logs, salty dogs anymore because I'm out. Well, you can't, you I'm can't, collecting the monies. So you're going to get money just for having the idea? Well, if you... Go all the way through. Yeah, well, if you figure out all so the not ifs, only ands, gonna, and buts, you're not only going to come up with the way to do it, but you're going to make. No, it. I came up with the idea of this is what needs to happen. You, you said, it. "How does it get done?" Yeah. I don't know that part. But you said, if you did know, you wouldn't have to work here anymore because you'd have so much money. Correct, because I would have figured it all out and and also built it. Well, yeah. So you're, you, you're not only going to come up with the solution, but you're going to build it. Well, you hire people to do it. You become the okay. you become the force. You got a lot of extra cash you on know, hand, I guess. You mean. If you look at if you, I, I can't if, afford to if, hire multiple people. To well, make my. That's how it begins. You get seed money. So you're going to patent the idea first. There you go. Now that's how it begins. 
Okay. All right. It's a process. Yeah, I'm not seeing this happening. Oh, wow. You have no faith in me. Well, just talk to me in five years. We'll All see. right. We'll see what happens. You know what's going to happen. Some dude's listening to Salty Dogs, and he's really, really oh, smart. He- and he's going, that, we'll figure it out. There we'll it is. And it then it's going to come out, and you're going to say to me, dang, Jeff, that was your idea. You should have patented it. You don't even have an idea. You're just stating a, a problem. I have a, I have a theory. You're not even close to an actual functioning wow. idea. So anyway, that was frustrating again because Leonard Fournette was stopped. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that on three subsequent third and ones, we converted them all. Sure. It was Rashad White every time. So I think they might be thinking, hey, this is maybe the guy to use on third and one mm-hmm. because he did it right three times. A little dart. Yeah. Quick. Yeah, he, he, got, he just got through there quick. He just mm-hmm. hit the hole immediately and found a little seam. And he only needed a couple yards. And did it. And he got it. Got it done. So that's a good thing. Yeah. How about Kate Otten? I was really, really impressed with him. I really yeah. am. I, you know, I, um, you know, he's going. He, he's having a hard go. I mean, first anybody of all, anybody whose mother had passed away within the last few weeks would be having a. Hard it's time. a hard go. You know, you're, well, first of all, he's gets drafted. He's trying to make a team. He's trying to get his career. All this stuff, and then he has that tragic event happen, and um, and it's only been what three weeks at yeah, the most. Right. He, he was gone a couple weeks to tend to that. And so he comes in, and uh, I thought he played really, really he well. Did. And he certainly is learning how to block. He and can block. Well, I mean, I, I'm liking how sure-handed he is. And Great hands. He's not only catching the ball, but holding on as he's just getting smashed around, mm-hmm. which tight ends have to be able to do. Ask Cam Brayton. Yeah. He's taking a lot of hard hits in his right. career. And that was huge for him to step in because Cam couldn't right. was ineligible to play. Yes. And so – Cade ended up playing 94% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. And so it was funny because on Monday, obviously it's a good topic and people were asking sure. about uh, at the press conference and um, did, has Cade Otten earned himself a larger role with this play? And Todd complimented him in several different ways, but then was kind of laughing. He's like, I think he already has earned that larger role. He's, yeah. His role is already expanded. I don't know how he can expand it much more. Yeah. And he, he made a comment during his uh, radio show too that, you know, he it was kind of like, proving that he was a good draft pick and this and that. And he goes, he's already a good draft pick. He's a great draft pick. Yeah. You know? yeah fourth, so fifth, fourth round. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was good to see him uh, get involved and have success because that's, that's a plus, you know, sometimes you get your opportunities and it doesn't go your way right away, but for him it did. And that's a plus. You know how we got him? Uh, no. We got him because we traded down before taking Logan Hall. Because the spoils. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What we got was the first pick of the fourth round, and that's what we used on Otten. Because mm. we used our later fourth round pick on Zion Mc- on uh, Jake Camarda. Yeah. Wow. So that's pretty cool. That's a good. That's a good. I mean, trivia. you just found yourself probably a starting tight end going forward. Uh-huh. Kate has actually started four of the five games, by the way. One of them was in a two tight end set, but sometimes he's the guy for a package over Cam Brait. Uh-huh. They have Cam's missed a game and Cade's missed a game. Kate has a, about 20 more snaps played overall on offense, but Cam also missed the second half of last week. So it's almost a direct equal number of snaps mm-hmm. for those two guys. And they also have – Cam has about 17 more snaps in 11 personnel, which is when you have only one tight end on the field. So it's almost equal in terms of who's out there when there's only one. So yeah. Kate uh, can't get much more of a role, really. No. It's about as big as it can get. Happy for And him. he's doing a great job. He had six yeah. catches for 43 yards. A couple of those were chain movers. Uh, chain movers. So, as we said before, because of how they were defending us, we needed Leonard mm. Fournette to catch a lot of passes and do – And he did. And do well with them. I'm thinking particularly of one that was like maybe third and eight, 
And he caught it just across the line of scrimmage and managed to work his way across? He was working his way up there. That's why I texted you and said, has he ever got 100 yards? Because I thought he was going to get it. I th- yeah. Well, and especially, well, I guess if the hurry-up offense would have worked a little more in the fourth quarter, maybe he would have. If we'd have got a couple yeah. more series of downs, he probably would have caught a couple more passes. Yeah, Ended up with 10 for 83, Yeah, which, which are both career highs for him. Yeah, And the great thing was – his 10 catches were the most any running back has had in a game for the Bucks since 2007, and that was Ernest Graham. Yeah, and Ernest, Ernest was, was there. there. He was like the legend of the game. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was fun. We did mention that. That was, that was yeah. good to see. Ernest him. Insurance Graham. Yep. Uh, yeah, Mr. Mr. August. He had – yeah, at first. Yeah. But then he, he managed to get a, a big role for a few years, and he, in it, one game he had 13 catches. Yeah. And well, we, we lost him in the London game, and that was it. The, That's we had, right. We had nothing. He, we, yeah. As soon, we were, we, the first London game, Yeah, right? playing well, and as soon as he went out, done. He was he was the catalyst. Uh, we didn't have a whole offense. lot on offense we, at that No, point. we did not. We did not. So that was neat. Also, I wanted to point out um, Deidre Sanat. Yeah. The Borg. Yeah. Come on. It's going to catch on. <laughs> He he played 17 defensive snaps in that game and had a sack. He did. And three And he's other, not supposed to get a sack. <laughs> a sack and well yeah, a sack and three other tackles. So four plays in 17 snaps is really high level production. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so even when um Akeem Hicks is back, I don't think Did he not play for um Atlanta? Yeah. He was a third round pick out of USF. Okay. And he played a good amount his uh rookie year and then the next like 3 years barely played at all. Yeah. And um he just couldn't find his way on the field, and he never had a sack. That was his first career sack. Uh-huh. Isn't that amazing? Crazy, huh? At home. Yeah, yeah in it, the stadium it, he yeah, played his stadium, college yeah. ball in. You, so can't write, you can't write stuff like that. <laughs> that was neat. It is. I like seeing that. Um, did you know that Did I know? Tom I Brady. Care? Tom Brady. Do you care? Yeah, I'm going to find out. Now has, as you, I know you know this, he's never lost to Atlanta. Nope. He's now 11-0. Counting the postseason? Yes, counting the postseason. Yeah, he's 11 he's and 11 and 0. Never lost to Atlanta, and his career passer rating in those games combined, not the playoff one, but the uh, rest, is 114 points. <laughs> that's his. That's his best against that's, any team. That's his team. That's his go. When you're in a slump, play Atlanta. Play Atlanta. <laughs> Guess who his second best one is against at 111.1? The Bucks. No. Oh gosh, who would he play a lot? It's not really because he played him a lot. Oh, I mean, he played. He play, he's played him like 12 times. I have no idea. And up next for the Buccaneers, a trip to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. Tom Brady has a career 9-3 and three record against and a 111.1 passer rating. Really? Yes. 111? 111.1. 111.1. I like it. So that's good news. And uh-huh. the Steelers, I don't know if we're moving on yet to the next no, game. No, no. They're we, struggling. Let's I want to talk this. about – go ahead. No. You're, you well, one, yeah, one other thing, a guy that I was happy about that – I thought had a good game, and maybe he's making his comeback. And that's Scotty Miller. Yeah, that's a good, I, that's a good call. Uh, uh, the the little little pass over the middle, really quick. That little quick little that dart. That was a big play. That was a huge and first down. And it's not something that he normally does. Right. Right. And um, it it was almost like when he caught that, there was just I don't know. It was an aha moment for Scotty. But he certainly was back into the game, and he certainly was trying to make catches. And even when he was out of bounds, yeah. he, he, you know, he was still making the catch. So I was happy for him because he's one of the little guys, and and he's one of the good guys. So. Well, coach said, coach said he did a, several things well, mm-hmm. including like you said, working over the middle, which yeah. has not been something no. he's done a lot, right? No, he's usually the guy to 
take off and run as fast as you can, and I'm going to hit you. Which they did try twice. Yep. And the first one, he did run right past Casey Hayward and had a step on him. And Tom overthrew him. Yeah, underthrew him. Underthrew. It was a little bit. He had to try to come back to the ball as they were getting to the end zone, and that made him sort of yeah. come right through the defensive back. And um, so but still. It was still a good look, and then he did some other good things and ended up with, like, four catches for – yeah. Something. But it, I, it was a good I, good contribution. Yeah, I was like I said, I was just happy for him. So um yeah, so a lot of guys yeah. were, were contributing there. Sure. Um Zion McCollum got to play for the first he time. He did. And he looked really good on special teams. In fact, some of the roster moves that we have made this week, uh we we released Kenny Young, mm-hmm. a reserve inside linebacker. And then we promoted outside linebacker Jannard Gen- Avery from the practice squad. And that seems like a – what I'm thinking – Kenny Young had only played on special teams in the four games that he played. Yeah. I'm thinking they saw Zion McCollum and said, we need to keep this guy active now because he'd been inactive for every game because you have to – it's hard to find – you have to make somebody inactive. And he, right. was, he was a corner at a position that was pretty loaded. But then with Logan Ryan out and the possibility that Antoine Winfield might have to play more safety and he might need to use a corner in the slot, Zion McCollum got to stay active. So – they probably were going to start deactivating Kenny Young anyway in favor of Zion McCollum and keep up a fifth corner instead of a fifth linebacker. Um, that was that's just my conjecture. I don't know that, but I'm betting that was part of the thing. Sure. So he looked. It makes fit. sense when we draft him and he's so big for a corner and he's so fast. We said this guy could probably be a great gunner, and we were, they were going to try yeah. that. And and he he wasn't even playing gunner. He was on kickoff coverage right next to the kicker. But he got down there so fast, and Todd Bull says he was getting down the field five to ten yards faster than everybody else. <laughs> I think that was a teeny bit of an exaggeration, but he we, was outrunning the coverage. <laughs> he was outrunning his his peers on the coverage team, and he made that really great tackle yeah, he did. to start the second half on Avery Williams, who otherwise had a very good game for the Falcons, returning the ball. But um, even got in there on defense at corner. I think they were playing a little conservative with him. He was he was giving a big cushion, and yeah. they caught a couple balls underneath. But that's probably what. The coaches want it. Let's like let's not get the rookie burned. Yeah, right. Let's not do it. Let's not let's go. Let's not go overboard just so, yet. Get in there. Let him get in. Let him get his feet wet. Well, they're like get in there. Don't give up any big plays. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> good he coaching, so Scott. He, so he's like fifteen yards off the line. Actually, it's get in there and don't f up is basically what you're saying. <laughs> Another thing. Another thing. I was able to revel in that game in the simple joy of of the out and up, the, the beautiful out and up. Out That's the route where you, you run, you go up a few yards, and then you cut to the sideline at a 90-degree oh, angle like you're running an out. Uh-huh. And then as the DB closes in, you turn it up the field. And that's what Chris Godwin did to one of their DBs, I don't remember who, for like a 20-yard game, which was one of the bigger plays Big of the play. game. And it was I looked, I was looking at the replay. I'm like, oh, man, that's just an out and up. That's what you call when you're doing, sa- you know, Sandlot football. That's that's a flag football play if I It's a flag it. football play or just when you're 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 just having a, a pickup game with your friends yeah. out on some it, grass field and you're in the huddle and it's like a quarterback and two receivers and you're like, okay, you run an out and up. Out and up was like a staple call. Yeah. It was good to see Chris out there and be able to play and it seems like he, he came out of the game fine and that's and that's another bonus because he's a guy you're gonna need down the road. So yeah, that, they did lessen his load a little bit. And, and they, I think about they half should. The snaps. Yes. I and think they were up 21 nothing, so they, right. they had the opportunity to do mm-hmm. so, right? That's I thought that was pretty smart. Smart management of your uh, of your um, players. I like it. Yeah, and, and they kind of, you know, they were they were bringing a lot of guys in and out, and that only works if a guy like Scotty Miller mm-hmm. is contributing. And, Otherwise, it doesn't. And that's back to good for Scotty. 
Yeah. A lot of confidence there. And, it, and it, you know, it works because we're throwing a lot of balls to the receivers and so yeah. on. I mean, the running backs. Mm-hmm. All right. um, Joe, <laughs> I can always tell when you've reached your limit. No. You're like, all right. No. It's like, shut up and go on. No, no. You, what do you got, Joe? Joe uh, Triumph Shoyinka. Got uh, a sack. Well, they had five, there were five, five different, sacks. Five different guys had a sack. Which is huge. Him and Vita and the Borg uh-huh. and um, – Logan Hall, the rookie, oh, yeah, got his Logan second got one. one, and Antoine Winfield, who had the strip sack. Yes, that he's, was he's huge. all over the place. He, I, yes, I would like to harken back. Okay, a couple episodes ago, where I was answering a fan question, and my bold prediction was Antoine Winfield. You would did, be yes. first team APL pro you this did. year. If yeah. people are watching the Bucks, I guess Devin White was probably your defensive MVP through the first four games, uh-huh. but Antoine Winfield was close, and he just keeps. He just keeps filling up. He's the statue, balling, man. Yeah. He's, he's all just, over the place. He's just balling. Yeah. He's so good. He's understanding the game more and more yeah. and more. You can tell. He's coach called him just like an old school player. Like he said, if he if he could be out on the football field twenty four hours a day, he would. Yeah. He just wants to play football. I like it. He's great. I like. I'm it. actually sitting down now. Jeff. I noticed that. I like this setup. I can do either. I know. It's how I, it's all about you, Scott. I set it up Thank to you. make your life easy. I appreciate that. You know, coming up are the Steelers, and I really don't know a whole lot about the Steelers right now other than um, they're starting a rookie quarterback, or at least it looks like they're going to. Kenny Pickett. Yep. Yeah, they started in this past week. Mm-hmm. He did actually throw for over 300 yards, but they only scored three points, so I don't yeah. think overall it went that well. That's, you know, that's the other thing about the league right now is how a team plays one week does not equate to how the team's going to play the next week. And, yeah. You know, the Detroit Lions put up 40 points a couple of weeks ago, and then last week they put up zero points. So Every I, I don't understand how it's just so crazy right now. Well, there's situational differences. They put up over 40 against an absolutely horrendous Seattle defense. I, Seattle's it, defense is terrible. Well, it's not exactly like the Patriots are light, or lights out. They're pretty decent defense, and every now and then Belichick and company – are able to scheme, scheme up, up one of these yeah. things. Well, like they did that. to Buffalo in that weather game last year. All right. Every All now right. and then they, they come up with the perfect plan. But, yeah, that was demoralizing. Because yeah. at one and three, Lions fans could be saying, well, we're one and three again. Yeah. But we're scoring we're a ton of good. points. Yeah. We're, it's, it, they're exciting it's games. It's fun. We've got Amonra, St. Brown. Yeah. We've got yeah. Swift. Kim All Davis your little now. building blocks coming in place. We've got some place. pretty interesting um, offensive players that are – we're yeah. scoring a lot of points, even though Jared Goff is our quarterback, and that could probably be fixed pretty soon. Sure. Uh, but then you just get absolutely blasted yeah. and shut out. Um, that but, being said, I think you can anticipate a rookie quarterback in his second game continuing to have some struggles. I, uh, yeah, yeah. But I also, Mike Tomlin has a tendency to get his teams ready to play. He is so. a good coach, he's and they, good he's coach. never had a losing season. Is that crazy? He's like 15 years now there? Yeah, but – He's going to have a tough time getting out of one and four yeah. uh, with a rookie quarterback and an offensive line that's not great. Mm-hmm. And and really, honestly, they're missing T.J. Watt a lot. Now, Terribly. Alex Highsmith has 5.5 sacks, but almost nobody else is putting pressure on. They're, they're pretty low ranked in a lot of things, including pressure rate. Mm-hmm. They're in the bottom five in both offense and defense rankings, yards. And they're just they're struggling. Uh, I don't know. They – yeah, Mike Tomlin is reason for hope if you're a Steelers fan. Yeah, it's going to be really – this is tough. It's going to be great football weather. It's going to be a low like 48, 49, and then the high is going to be 60 degrees. So that's going to be a nice day in uh, Pittsburgh. 
How about that uh, that comeback by the Giants to take down the Packers? I enjoyed that. I did too, and I I had it on TV while we were getting ready to go on the air. Um, it looked good. I was down. On I was. It was great because they. It was the batted pass away that yeah, made me see, smile the most. I was down at, at the pirate ship with Casey, waiting to do different parts of the sure. show between the two halves of the show, and they weren't showing the games on the, yeah. the big boards anymore because we were going into pregame show. Right. Mode. And so I couldn't see what was happening, so I just called up the play-by-play -play on my phone, and it was just I could see them describe what plays had happened, but I didn't get to see any of it until great. much later. Yeah. So they had two padded batted passes at the end, right? And one of them was. They blitzed a safety, Xavier McKinney, and the blitzing safety jumped up and knocked yep. the ball away on fourth down. Uh -huh. But then I'm watching this, and there's, I don't know, a minute and a half left or something like that. And Green Bay has two timeouts left. And they kneel. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm looking at this and going, the Giants are kneeling? Yeah. Is this going to work? Because I'm doing the math in my head, and, like, they're not they're, – they're, that's not going to run out the clock. They're going to have to punt from, like, the back of their end zone because they were also losing yards. And they were backing themselves up with those kneel downs. And uh, so I texted Tony, uh -huh. our friend who's a Dolphins fan, and I'm like, is this making sense what they're doing? Because, um, I mean, for, uh, just looking at it on the screen, it, this doesn't make sense. Because, well, the, may, and maybe the announcers were talking about this, or maybe Tony's just really smart. It can be both. Sure. He's like, yeah, but they'll probably take an intentional safety. And then I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that totally and makes then, sense. And then take the take the intentional safety, and then they get to kick off and pin him way back. They get to kick off from the twenty yeah. instead of the back of the end zone, yeah. and they can they can punt without a rush. Mm -hmm. On a after an intentional, after a safety, you can kick off, and you can you can either kick off off a tee or you can punt, which is most teams choose to punt because they can hit yep. the ball higher and get the coverage down there. So they ended up punting the ball away with only enough time for Green Bay to have one yeah. play. Good so coaching. It, it, it made that's it, good coaching. And, and honestly, Dayball. Dable, Brian Dable, mm -hmm. is that how it's pronounced? He looks like he's him and his staff are making a difference because I don't think this Giants team is crazy talented. No, and it's not much different than the team that they had last it's year. It's not. You're correct. And that's but he, from what I've read about him and the coaching staff, and we've seen this before here, is he brought in teachers, not only coaches, mm -hmm. but they know how to teach. And so they have the same core of talent, and they're getting the most out of their talent. Well, and you know as well as I do, when you've been around a team or on a team that's been losing and it's starting to win, it becomes fun, and it snowballs into yeah. we can keep doing this, uh, a lot of confidence. Well, I think he's making good strategic decisions mm -hmm. as well in, in addition to that. And that was an example, of course. But for a, for a first-time head coach, he's making some really good yeah. decisions well, I mean, because there's a lot of first-time head coaches right now in the last week are not making great decisions. Yeah, the Broncos as, a, as an example. The Broncos, the last night uh, Raiders going for two rather than kicking the extra point, you know, would have well, tied the game. But, yeah, but yeah. I'm not sure that's a bad decision. It's a bad result. Yeah, it's a bad I th decision. I you're you're just too old school, Jeff. I'd be willing to bet the analytics say that you had a better chance. And the analytics once again were wrong. That doesn't mean the analytics were wrong. <laughs> it does not. You're choosing I, results I, over over process. It's all about results, Scott. It's all about. But go, continue. <laughs> it's the same way that uh, everybody loves uh, uh, Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is a coach. Uh -huh. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. And he he goes for the touchdown on fourth down. Against the Bills. Yeah. And, and they don't get it. And he regretted it. No, he did not. Oh, he should have. <laughs> if you're going to follow. Yes, if you follow. Information. If right. you have information that tells you mm -hmm. 
theoretically, you're going to win more often by doing this than doing this. You have to know that you're not always going to win by following that information. So you're willing to – you're putting the odds in your favor. For instance, if it was 65% chance you're going to win if you go for two and 40% chance you're going to win if you kick the extra point, if you go for two, there's still a 35% chance you're not going to make it. Okay. But you still have a better chance of winning by choosing door door number one. (laughs) So you don't – you can't after that go, well, bad decision. They just didn't execute. Okay. They could have kicked kicked the extra point and easily lost by not executing well after that. True. You won't. Or they could have won. They could have won. Sure. They could have won either way. But they didn't. They just no. could have. It's you, It all boils down to the same thing, execution. No matter what it is, you got to execute it. Um, so, anyway, Dayball – Obviously, a better coach than Joe Judge. I think they've had a couple yeah, kind of they struggled. not great coaches in a, in a row. Well, they almost ended up with Matt Rule, so you know, <laughs> things could have been even worse. Matt Rule, who could sit around for four more years if he wants to and make $40, 40 million. I, you know, if you're walking out the door with $40 million, are you really going to take a coaching job and take These guys are that? obsessed, dude. And, and they, he'll still get the same amount of money. Yeah, but he, it'll be offset. So if you if if you owe yeah. there's offset language in the contract. So if say there is if the Panthers owed him say ten million dollars next year and he got a three million head coach job, they are on the hook for seven million. So he still gets the same amount of yeah. money over the next four years. Well, but he could get the same amount of money and not work at all. Yeah, he should he should yeah, or he should go in and take zero dollars and make oh right Carolina yeah. give pay him, give him a one dollar salary. <laughs> yeah, pay you know that would be pretty smart. Yeah, just you know just fire me. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm taking your money. Although yeah, it's not like he didn't deserve it. What being fired? Yeah. Well, I don't think I don't I. I had a, I have a very hard time giving. You know, it's hard to win in the NFL. Coaching college is different than coaching the pros. Yes. The thing in college is you have kids or you have young kids or you know eighteen to twenty two year olds. Okay, that's a little different than when you come into an NFL locker room because you're going to have 22-year-olds and you're going to have 45-year-olds in your locker room. You have people with families. You have, you know, they have kids. They, it's, it's diff- you cannot coach the way you coach in college the same as you somebody coach maybe, in the pros. Somebody probably should have told Greg Schiano that. Well, I understand that. And, but what amazes me is there's that constant – when a coach makes that jump from college, you see it over and over again. It's the same mistake. You can't your, – your football knowledge can be there, but it's more than that. And um, to give as an owner, I, I am surprised that you would give someone who has not any experience in the NFL go for, you know, seven years at $62 million. Yeah, that's where the that's that's where the, crazy. That's where the mistake was. Yeah, I mean, you know. But you don't – you. It's the fallacy of sunk costs, though. You don't keep them just because you yeah. owe them so much money. Well, no. That's a luxury you have that you can, you know, yeah. cut bait, as they say. So so um, that, that, that'll that make a difference in how Carolina is. You know, whether they rebound, they have a – They might get that short-term new mm-hmm. interim head coach uh, – yeah, bounce, yeah, right? Bounce, yeah, that happens yeah. all the time. Sure. So but, I, I kind of wish they'd waited a few more weeks because yeah. we see him in week seven. Yeah, but they still have a quarterback issue, and Baker Mayfield looks like he's out now. Yeah, we're probably going to be facing P.J. Walker. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't he in the USFL or he, the XFL, something like that? I think that? he played for rule at Baylor or Temple Oh, or well, there you go. That'll make that'll make things happen. Um, so, yeah. The NFL, not for long. <laughs> uh, one more thing about okay. the NFL in general. 
And then I'm going to have to. We are a little salty today. I don't know what that is. You, or you I have am. definitely frustrated me a couple different times. Good. That means I'm doing my job. Yeah. Um, one more thing about the NFL, and then I am going to have one little fantasy segment that you're just going to have to put up with. Oh, heartbeat still. So I guess that's I guess that's how you torture that's my me. Revenge. Yes. Okay. So Justin Tucker, did you see his game-winning field? Goal? I did. It was straight down the middle. Jen Stat said it was perfectly in the center. Am I right or am I wrong? I just hate when you steal my notes. Well, I don't have to. I paid attention to it, and I thought. Okay, it could have made it if it was 18 feet apart. It would inches. have made inches. Oh, was that what it was, inches? Yes. That's the cool visual there, that if, right. if you had goalposts that were 18 inches apart, he still would have made it. But if you <laughs> doink one off the, off the upright and it goes through, you made it. So what difference does it make if you make it in the middle or in, as it's long as really you make cool. it? It's just it really is, cool. It, well, especially, I mean, I think he's... He's the best. He may be the best kicker of all time. Yeah. Part of that is because he obviously, because of all his results, I don't know if there's a more confident player at any position in the NFL. This is the most confident player I've ever seen in my life. He's just doing his job. He just knows he's the best, and he knows he's not going to mess up. Can you imagine that feeling? Well, that's a mental thing. That he's in a perfect mental state. I have never in any, and obviously this is on a tremendously lower level. So don't make fun of me for bringing up (laughs) playing sports. But a lot of us play sports in our lives, right? See, you're laughing. I Okay, listen, you were in gym class, all right? Continue. I, I played many, many, many years of various adult league sports. I know. I'm not saying I was good or bad or anything. I'm just, but you I were did a gamer. Play, you okay? were a gamer, yes. No, I don't think I've ever at any athletic endeavor had even a game where I felt that confident. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that's, a, that's an asset. That's, no, a, that's a skill or a talent. Do you think Tom Brady has that? Yes. Okay, there you and go. And the best do. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes has absolutely un, and it could be bad if you don't have the, if you don't have the skills to back it up. And I would, I would say like Baker Mayfield's kind of that guy. Yeah, he's got an unbelievable amount of confidence, so he tries things that he probably shouldn't. Yeah, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Yeah, (laughs) all the confidence in the world didn't help him, right? But if you put the two together, yeah. Like Tom Brady. You gotta, if you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. And Justin Tucker has the skill, but he's got confidence yeah. oozing out of every pore. And it would be great to have that on your team because then you're confident. You, I doubt a single guy on that team was oh. worried for a second that he – it was like a 40-yard or something. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought he was going to miss that. It was a done deal. Yeah, Game was already over. It's like that, it's like that kicker, well, that Bengals kicker they caught on the sideline in the playoff game last oh, year. Oh, yeah, watching the halftime show. Well, no, no, what he was, what he said, he said to a teammate, because he was about to come on for the kick to try to win the game, and he says to his teammate, well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Because he knew he was going to make it. <laughs> he is a really good kicker, too. Right. Okay, here's the little fantasy thing. And right. It's okay for me to bring this up, because I we started this thing this where three three weeks in a row I've I've suggested a fantasy play, player, yep, and I was two for two. Mm-hmm. Guess who? Well, do you remember who I picked this past week? I don't recall. Houston running back Damian Pierce. Oh, that's right. Was this the one I told you to run to play him? Was that no, no, that was Kyle Pitts. Okay. And he, he got oh, injured. Oh, he got so injured, so you couldn't play him. Didn't have to make a decision. Yeah. But um, Damian Pierce, he had a huge game. Right. He had a huge game. I don't know, more than 100 yards, some catches, a touchdown. It was If you started him in fantasy, you're extremely happy about this because there's not a lot of great running backs this year. No. So, um, so you started him. I, I told everybody to. And um, did you? Oh, you didn't. By the way, uh, did you have him on your fantasy? I, I, have team? A, I have an announcement. I have breaking news. Which one on the Avery or which? No, one? no, no. Oh. Uh, we're doing this on Tuesday. Yeah. And we wanted to get Kate Otten on the podcast. Uh huh. Um, 
And I talked to him in the locker room, but I forgot to ask him. Right. So we had to try to reach out to him today to see if he'd do it tomorrow. Because yeah, we do the, we, the yeah, players come Tuesday, back, we do that yeah. part. Uh, I just was informed by Andrew in PR that Kate is going to be on the show. So oh, okay. So he'll be If you're listening to this, you already know this yeah. because you saw that yeah. it said in the title. But you're telling me, so I will leave now the we, equipment we, set up yeah. and make sure no one comes into the studio. Well, now we to, know, and we, we were kind of being hesitant yeah. to talk about it just in case he couldn't do it. Well, that's awesome. So Kate will I be look joining forward us. forward to that. You'll be listening to that in just a couple minutes. It'll be more like a day for us, but yeah. it'll just be a few minutes for you. Okay. That's three in a row, man. I killed it with Damian Pierce. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. I have a team. I know you don't want to hear this, but maybe some fans care. Uh, I have a team that has a lot of good receivers that are kind of all the same. Uh-huh. And so I had to choose two or three of them to start. I did not start Buffalo's Gabe Davis. No. Did you see what Buffalo's Gabe Davis did? Did he light it up? Third play of the game, 98-yard touchdown. Oh, wow. And then a, like a quarter later, a 62-yard touchdown. Ooh. How many? That's a lot of points, right? He ended up with three for like 177 and two touchdowns. So it would have been... Somewhere around 31 points. And that's that's good. That's extraordinarily good. And I have him on my pitch. So wow. I am telling you now, start Gabe Davis. Oh, start wow. Gabe you're Davis you're going, going. He hadn't done a, anything. That's why he was on my bench. Oh. He had had a number of drops, and he just wasn't Was he on any, your bench this week? That's what I'm saying. I did not start him. Oh, I that, could have had 31 points, that, and I didn't. I want you to know that warms my heart. Good. You're, that you're welcome. That you did not. Hey, if you want me to tell you a did not fantasy bad beat every week, I will. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I still won two of my three leagues. There you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm still undefeated in one of them. Uh, anyway. All right. Uh, so that's my pick for this week, Gabe Davis. He's going to have another second great game in a row. I sure hope they don't have a bye this week because then that will be a very bad recommendation. <laughs> I don't even know who they're playing, but I don't think they have a bye. If they are, if they do have a bye, don't start Gabe Davis. <laughs> are you covering all bases? <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all I got, Jeff. About this last game, we uh, we can uh, we'll, we'll be doing the Kate Otten later, but we can come back here in a minute and answer fans' questions. You think? Yeah, you ready for that? Aye. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. I'm still Jeff Ryan. And now we're joined by our special guest of the week, rookie tight end Kate Otten. Kate, thank you for your time. I know Wednesdays are busy around here. Yeah, thanks for having us. No, it's a, it's an honor to be here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see how you feel in an, after 10 minutes of this. Well, and we are glad to get you after what was a very good game for both you and the team. And we'll get to all that and talk about football. But um, before we do that, I wanted to give you a chance or, or to talk about your mom. Um, we know that she recently passed away a few weeks ago, and, and from what we understand, she's very important in your life. Obviously, any mother figure, you know, is, is an important part of anyone's life. But, um, yeah, I just had a, had a super great relationship with my mom. Got a lot of my physical features from her, but also my, my personality and, and humor and, and the way I act. A lot of it comes from her. And so, um, yeah, just going to miss her a lot. Um, she's a big reason why I'm here. And... Um, super thankful she got to see me play in the NFL. Yeah. Um, wish she could have came here, but I know she she's so proud and and loved loved the Buccaneers from the start. And um, yeah, just it's it's hard, but I, I'm so thankful that she got to to watch me play at this level. And you know, I'm, I'm, a lot of people loved her and have shown her their support for her and, and our family and I'm so thankful for that, especially the Buccaneers organization. It's been it's been awesome. Well, you you missed a little time because of that and of course you would have you could have spent as much time as you needed, obviously. Uh, but you came back and, and really have been playing very well. So I guess you've been able to at Transition. Least, at least for yeah. at least for game days, you've been able to 
maybe put the aside and, and focus on football, maybe that helps a little bit? Yeah, you know, um, big big thanks to my family, uh, my my dad, my wife, my 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 whole support system for that, and and just my faith for for giving me comfort and and just giving me the the ability to compartmentalize a little bit and and have peace and and just be able to you know play for my teammates and and that's what I really focus on on game day and. And I, I have a fun, a ton of fun playing. Still, it, it's been awesome. Well, thanks for talking about that. Um, as for, as far as football, coming off the win over Atlanta, and by the numbers, uh, you you had a good game. You had your most catches and yards ever. Also played like ninety four percent of the snaps. Um, do you feel like that game went well for you? Yeah, I first of all, I just had fun being out there. It's always fun to play and and contribute to a win. Um, obviously, it's not easy to get wins in the NFL, and especially a, a big division game uh, just super happy that we came out with a w there um, but yeah i felt like there were some good moments on the field and of course you watch the film and wish you could have done this different that different but that's going to be every game and so um yeah just just after the game i uh, felt like I, I played pretty well but also feel like i can improve in a lot of areas and so just gotta get back to work this week and, and look to improve next week when you're talking about improving as you looked at the film uh, Cade, what do you think you need to really work on the most right now at, at this stage of your career? Yeah, um, you know, I I kind of look at my, my game as a whole and, and feel like I can improve in everything. Um, but to give you a better answer, um, there there's just a lot of details in the past game. I feel like I could do better to, to be in the right spots and, and to put other players in better positions and myself in a better position to make a play. And so... Um, just just want to be really detailed every single play on the field, and and got to keep working at that. How's, how's your blocking coming along? Um, it it's you know there's an adjustment period at first in the NFL. The, all the players are bigger, faster, and stronger. <laughs> they push back, is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so um, and when players are better, you just got to be more detailed and have better technique. And so, uh, I'm I'm becoming more consistent. It's a it's a little by little sort of thing. Um, but I, I feel like I'm getting better and want to continue to get better at that. I've always heard that tight end was one of the tougher positions to transition to in the NFL as a rookie. It's hard to make an impact as a, at that position as a rookie because there's just so much that you have to learn for that position. It's not just running back, taking the ball, right? Um, so uh, I guess you're, you, the transition's been going pretty smoothly for you, and maybe that's because – or at least partially because you kind of grew up in a football family, right? And and that's why probably why coach is always saying when asked about you, he just does everything right. So do you think that's from that background? I don't know if I do everything right. But <laughs> I, I certainly try to. Um, yeah, I I just love football from my my very earliest memories are at high school football games and uh, being a, a water boy and a ball boy. And yeah, you were a water boy at it, like. Little oh like yeah, that. kindergarten started as the water boy <laughs> yeah. for the, the high school team. Awesome. Your grandpa was a high school coach. Yep, yeah, that's correct. He he was the coach of my time. high school yeah. for forty three years. Wow, coached for fifty years. Um, and yeah, yeah, I I just grew up around football, and they my grandpa and my dad both coached, and they were so great at you know being being football coaches. They're great coaches, but also were great grandparents and dads um outside of football and so um I know some 
some coaches' sons or grandsons get burnt out a little bit, mm. a little bit. But I, just, I never did. I, I always awesome. loved the game. I, so. I was just about to bring that up. Is that usually if your dad's your coach, or whatever, your dad's always hardest on you as a coach and whatever. And that's nice to hear that you you still have the joy for playing. That that they were teachers, not necessarily like you got to be this way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just. Love playing the game growing up, and I still do, and still get to talk to them about it, which is a, yeah. is a yeah, big blessing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I have to give Greg Allman of the athletic credit for this one, but talking about your grandfather and playing for him, he said he told us some story about your grandpa having to coach a game on his 50th wedding anniversary, oh, yeah. and maybe there was a Hail Mary involved. <laughs> Can you tell yeah. us about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So my my grandma made the grave mistake of getting married to my grandpa <laughs> during football, during football season, season yes. so uh they didn't have many special yeah. wedding anniversaries but on their 50th you know we were playing a, a bellevue high school and down by two with four seconds left and last play and throwing up in the end zone and ended up catching it and we won the game and uh was able to give my grandpa the the game ball nice. for their anniversary. So that, I, I hope that was great. Gave, gave me some extra details yeah. on that and said that you always practice, only practice from the left hash and the, but the play was on the right hash. Oh yeah. And so your grandpa was like, just reverse everything. you did. <laughs> and he looked at you and you looked like you knew what you were doing. So that's probably why you got the ball. That's great. That's a great story. Um, this is something that, that uh, two things. Wait, but, you didn't make the same mistake getting married during the football season, right? No, okay. no. Well, <laughs> I guess in the NFL now it is during football season, oh, January 9th. Oh, so. oh. <laughs> Hopefully, it, well, it is it now. It seems yeah. so, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Be, oh, sorry, go ahead. We, we no. plan on playing during that time. <laughs> yeah, in, exactly. In well, that's the last game of the year now. I think it's so still regular season. Yeah, it point. is. Yeah. It used yeah used to end. When Scott and I first started doing this, the line would be, if you weren't a very good team, you would be home for Christmas because yeah. the playoffs started yeah. before Christmas. Now we're halfway into January. Now we're playing <laughs> on Christmas. <laughs> right. But as a child, you, you, your favorite TV show was, or you you enjoyed. I got this is going to be good. I got two things. Okay. One, you you as a small child, you enjoyed the NFL Network, which is very unusual, correct? Yeah. So that was part of it. But you're going to like this, Scott Smith, because Cade's family enjoys Survivor. Oh, awesome! I love that show. Yeah. And um, tell us about you had Survivor Sundays. Yes. Yes. So. This was my mom's doing, um, just to do something together as a family, you know, especially during football season, everyone's like going everywhere, practice, school, everything. And so on Sundays, we recorded Survivor, which was usually on Thursdays, yep. I believe. Yeah, yep. and now Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Yeah. And so we'd get together Sunday night, my mom would make cookies, and we'd have dinner then we'd sit down and watch Survivor and have cookies. And, <laughs> Good, you know, and chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip. My mom made amazing chocolate That's chip awesome. cookies. That show um, is – my wife and son and I have very different tastes in, in TV and uh, entertainment, and that's like the one show that unites us all. <laughs> we, before every season, we do a draft. We'll oh, that's draft awesome. the players, and we don't put anything on yeah. it, but it's still fun. It's a great yeah. combination of, like, drama and com competition. That's the part my son likes. It's, yeah. ki it's kind of like real work life, you know? <laughs> you have to have social skills, you, you know? <laughs> yeah. So are you watching this year's um, Survivor? Have I you? haven't been, Oh, no. Okay. Um, I am. You can get me too. You can get <laughs> caught up. It's it's only like two weeks in. Yeah. So okay. Three, I think. Three. Okay. But still, S Scott likes to correct me all the time. So <laughs> it's part of my. It, yeah, it's only it, it, it. Let's just say you could pick up up real quick if you decide to 
All get right. back into Survivor. Yeah. Well, Kane, thank you for your yes. time. Very much appreciate it, and uh, I'm glad we're fellow Survivor fans. Yeah, we got something to, <laughs> to bond over. I, I knew you would love that because <laughs> I thought of I thought of you and uh, Alex. Uh, yeah. That's Scott's son sharing time watching that. Yeah. So that's a good combo. Anyway, yeah, th- awesome. thanks for your thank time. We'll let you get back to work. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here for the final segment of the Salty Dogs podcast. Mm-hmm. That's Jeff Ryan over there. I am. Oh, before we go any further, I did look it up. Uh, the Bills play the Chiefs on ooh. Sunday. Oh, and that, ooh, that at, should be a great at game. Arrowhead. That's right. We have a couple yeah. great games. We have the Chiefs, that one. Yep. Chiefs, Bills, and we also have Cowboys, Eagles. That That's going to be a good game. That's <coughs> Sunday night game, I believe. They got that Which one, is right. great because we're at a 1 o'clock game again. Wasn't that weird? Going, it was great. It was – I couldn't believe it. It was – I got so much work done. I know. Awesome. It was a good time. And so we have a 1 o'clock next two. So that's good. Yeah, on the road, which isn't quite as convenient. No. But if especially good to play well, one on the road. by yeah. 8.30, 9 o'clock. So that's good. All right. All right. What do Hi, we Scott and Jeff. Hi. Okay, this is from our fan in Germany named Stefan. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot for answering my last questions in the former episodes. It is always a pleasure to listen to both of you. Well, thank you. Well, yeah. I don't know. I've, it hasn't been a pleasure for me to listen to Jeff in this entire broadcast. I know. You've been kind of... Referring to... Or, well, I should say salty. I just like throwing, throwing salt in the wool. Referring to my last email in the last episode. One, I'm from Berlin, approximately 600 kilometers away from Munich by car. Yep. I know where that is. Two, time difference between Tampa and Berlin is six hours. I was right. And we only have one time zone in Germany. Because ah, I, I pondered yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Jeff's question was: If I visit the Munich, if I visit, if I'm, I guess he means if, I, if I'm going to visit the Munich game. Answer that was no. I didn't get a ticket. Ah. Scott's German was not too bad. Oh, nice! And it was more than two over two. You remember when the the first time I read the thing from his that his phone had generated, yeah. uh-huh. and it was about eight or nine words, and, sure. and I read it, and you set the over under two uh-huh. on how many I got close on, right? And you went under. Yeah. He said it was over. Oh, I have to go with he him. He says. Mit and Nachricht and Gesindet were okay, but Von is spelled, I think he meant pronounced, Von is pronounced more like fun and not like in Von Miller. Oh, interesting. So I thought that was the slam dunk one, Yeah. and I got that one wrong. Right. Interesting. So just a little bit harder. Smiley right. face. Winky face. There you go. So, Scott, your German part for LFG was incredibly right. <laughs> Remember he sent us yeah. how to say yeah. what LFG stands yeah. for, and I read it, and then, and then I was worried that I just cussed in mm-hmm. German. And don't worry, verdammt, if that's right, has not the same meaning like the F in LFG, oh, which you know what that is. It I means guess. more like damn it. Let damn it go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's translation. Got lost in translation. Yeah, lost in translation. All right. And finally, I hope it is okay for you and the listeners to hear permanent from a Germany guy. Sure. German guy. By the way, how many listeners listeners do the Salty Dogs have? That's it for now, so fire the cannons and go Bucks. Best wishes, Stefan. Do you have any idea? I really don't, but it's growing. I do know last week. Um, you had a downloads number. Yeah, Amy just made a comment to me in the hallway that, hey, just in the last 24 hours you had 1,000 downloads. That seems pretty good. Yeah, and that was off of uh, Apple, I think she said. And that's not the only place you can no, get No, no, no. And you can just, just click a button on Buccaneers.com. Correct. She said that's not how many people were listening. That was how many people actually took the time to download, download it from Apple in 24 hours. That seems pretty good. I thought so. Good start. We're, we're building. We're building. So, a lot. I mean, I guess it depends on you what you think You know what the beauty about this podcast? You know, a lot of time podcasts are only like 15 minutes long or whatever. 
We go a little bit longer, but here's the nice part about that. You can drive to work, get out of your car, do your day, get back in, and pick us back up again coming, going home. So we got you coming and going. I, I like both kinds of podcasts. I like the ones that if it's a, t- a topic I really like and, uh-huh. and people on the podcast, I like them if they go an hour or an hour and a half. Sure. Because I'm just enjoying it, and I'll put it on while I'm doing something. Uh-huh. But every now and then it's cool to get a, a quick little like sure, sure. seven or ten minute podcast. Kind of well, that's what we do with the player. We give you a quick ten minute hit yeah. with the player. Yeah, and if that's the only part you want to listen to, then you, then you can, can just scroll do that right part. to there. There you go. All right, thanks, Stefan. And here's the beauty about us. You know, the first half is you and I just talking back and forth. The second part is with a player, and the third part is your question. The so fans. depending on your mood, you can just go any way. And if you want to send us questions, which we hope you do. Which you never remind everybody to I know. Do. Well, I do, but I, I do it way too late. Yeah. Um, you can send us. You can email them to us to us at salty dogs. <laughs> the address is salty dogs at buccaneers dot You know, it's funny when you it, when you have to give your email address. It just you have to think for a second. Well, I, I confused myself by saying send it to us at. Yeah. And I was like, wait, did I already put an at in? The yeah. at comes after the salty dogs. Sure. Salty dogs. Send us at two. sign. Yeah. Which, by the way. I thought that's what the ampersand was, but my wife disabused me of that notion a couple oh. weeks ago. I'm like, I'm like trying to tell her some passcode or something like, and, and an ampersand. And she, do you mean, do you mean the at sign? I'm like, well, that's what everybody calls it, at sign, but it's technical name is the ampersand, but it's not. You know, what's the, it, what's it the A with the little yeah, circle yeah. around it that you what's use it in called? emails? It's called an at sign. It's called an at sign? Yeah, okay. which I thought was just the slang, yeah. but the real word was ampersand. At- no, ampersand is that thing that looks is also says and, mm-hmm. but looks more like a question mark kind of. Really, let me get a keyboard up and look at this. The ampersand is not the same as the at sign, and I thought those were the same thing. Hmm. I did not know this. So it's salty dogs at, at sign at sign. But I mean, everybody knows this because it's, it's a half circle with an A. At sign. Yeah, well, it's an A where, like, the tail goes circling around. Oh, it. that's an even better description. Are you looking up ampersand? Uh, no. Okay. Next question. Hey, Salty Dogs. This is from Alex in Wichita. Do you think there's any sort of pattern for what you would prefer to have had happened to your previous opponent, i.e. blown out, close loss, close win, big win? There's a ton of narratives about each, but is there a general one that might be preferable? Obviously, looking at this from the lens of a Steelers team, that should be solid, but just got beat down. In fact, they did get beat down yeah. by the Bills like 38-3. to Yeah. Of course, the Bills might be the best team in the league. Sure. They certainly are the most consistently productive offense in the yeah. league. Yeah, no question on that. Uh, it's hot in here, Jeff. It is. Um, so what, what do you think? I went through the last couple seasons and looked at some of the – games and the the better games for us and what our opponents had done the week before. Yeah. There was no real rhyme or reason. Well, and that's what I said earlier in this podcast is that you can't go week by week and look at a team and say, oh, they're putting up a lot of points. They're going to be really good. Or, oh, they, you know, a, a perfect example, uh, the Buccaneers didn't give up many points the first two games, three games, the first three games. And then against the Kansas City Chiefs gave up a lot of points. And you would not have you would not have seen that coming, or felt like that was going to be the case after three weeks of barely giving up a touchdown. So, well, I don't, I I just don't, know. don't know. You can go with the overconfidence angle. Like yeah. you prefer that he wins, so they're not as hungry, and they're maybe a little overconfident. Like in twenty twenty, 
we beat Green Bay, Las Vegas, Minnesota, lost to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. All those teams had won the previous week. Right. And, like, Green Bay had won by 14 points the previous right. game, and then we smashed them, like yeah. 38 to 10. Right. On the other hand, when we played the Colts last year and won that game in Indy, they were coming off a huge 16-point upset of yeah. the Bills. Uh-huh. So maybe – I mean, I guess if I'm choosing, I would want them to have been blown out because if you got blown out, there's a chance that you're not very good. Yeah. The, the blowout loss by the Steelers, yeah, I know what you say about you can't determine one week I by the next, but it could be an indication that they're not very good. Uh, well, They yeah. lost four in a row and they got blown out. I think I'd probably go with having them been blown out because yeah. there's a chance that they're getting blown out because they're terrible. Like Carolina – just got blown out, right? Yeah. It's probably because they're not very good. I would say yes. So, but if they I would have to agree with that particular team. I think I'd rather of those four choices I'd I'd rather have them coming off a blowout. But then, hopefully But then if you look at loss. but if you look at us play all these other teams and then you look at us how we play uh, uh how we have played against New Orleans. Yeah. You know, got shut out last year nine nothing. Yeah, but what what had happened the week before? That's what this question's about. Yeah, I mean, like Dallas, we we pretty much pummeled Dallas in week one. Was whoever they they beat over because they've won four in a row since yep. then. They beat with a backup quarterback. So whoever they Who played may in not week, be backup any longer. Whoever they, you're not one of these people that thinks they're actually not going to go to back to Dak Prescott, are you? I don't know. I think the Cowboys would have won th- all those games with Dak Prescott. Yeah, as well. I think I think they need to. I think it's like anything else. Do you ride the hot hand? <clears throat> I'm not sure he has that hot of a hand. Okay. He's doing okay, right. and he's playing on a team with a defense Good, that's uh, killing lights it. Lights out, yes. And he's not messing up. Yeah. But is he really a hot hand? Yeah. I don't know. I think I'd rather have the guy that I know when you need a big pass he's on third there, and ten. Right? I want Dak Prescott. All right. I'm with you. But we'll see. Anyway. All right. There's probably not any sort of pattern to this. I, I See, I, yeah, I, I would say there's not. But I, he is asking what we would prefer. And I think I'd go with blowout loss. Yeah, only because then you're thinking that, you know. The only problem is, do you get overconfident? I, I, I don't. If you have good coaches, your team never gets overconfident. Hopefully that's true. I, I really believe that. Well, this. And how can you be overly confident when, uh, especially let's just take this buck in your team right now. You lost two in a row, then you won one. So it's not like you're, you know, you're not 5-0 and oh right now. So you need to be well, this playing actually, your A game. This actually segues pretty well into the next okay. question. Hello, Sal- It's kind of a long question. Bear with me. That's fine. Hello, Salty Ones. I love the work everyone does there in the media. Thank you. I look forward to hearing all the shows the Bucks do every week. Salty Dogs, Bucks Insider, Tampa 2. That's the one with Casey yeah. and Brianna. Um, I was born and raised in Tampa. By the way, I listened to that. I forgot to listen to this past week, but have you listened to that Tampa 2 podcast? Yeah, it's very good. They do a good job. They did a nice job, yeah. <clears throat> I was born and raised in Tampa Bay. Wow, like in the water? But for the last few months, I've been a little north in Brandon to help take care of my father. I've been a massive Bucks fan since I was four. Wait, I'm sorry, Branford. Okay. I started thinking. Well, yeah, Brandon, Brandon is. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was gonna. I was. I was gonna say something very salty. <laughs> I continued reading on, but it was nagging in my mind. I'm like, wait, did I just say north when you, of Brandon? When you guys north of Brandon, I was gonna be very, very salty about. I've never. I heard guess of... he was. I guess he did live in the Bay because <laughs> Brandon is right next. I've right. never heard of Branford. Branford. Branford is, is, is. I mean, he says a little north, so I assume it's in Florida still. Branford. B a r n like brand like. Huh. Brand muffin. Yeah. Branford. You're going to look it up, right? Yeah, I am, because I've not ever heard of Branford. I've been a massive Bucks, Bucks fan since I was four. I'll be 42 November 1st. So I've been through the highs and lows like you two, 
and it's been high-flying the last few years. Indeed, it has. So, Devin White, who I'm a huge fan of, keeps making plays, named captain, and was just announced the NFC Player of the Month. How is that spelled? B-R-A-N-F-O-R-D? Yeah. <clears throat> there, oh, wait. There is a Brantford, Florida. There's a Brantford, Connecticut. Um, uh, wow. I have no idea where this is. Sw- uh, in Swanee County. Suwanee? So, yeah. S-U-W. I don't know where that is. Yeah. Though. I thought that was Georgia. No, well, that's... Well, you know, you got the Swanee River in... Uh, yeah, that's true. ...in, in Florida. Okay. Um, so he's talking about Devin White. White. Okay. Where that is, that's... Um, well, it's north of It's here. north of Gainesville. It's it's northwest oh. of Gainesville. Okay, right. It's It's a area. very, very small... It's south of Lake City. It's a very, very tiny little town. Okay. So he would be, he would be um, out of the normal Tampa Bay range of things if it wasn't for the internet. So... He's talking about Devin White. Uh-huh. Has kind of concerned me the last few weeks. I know trash-tucking on the field is part of the game, and I'm all for it. The comment, comments he's made the past few weeks have kind of backfired. My biggest concern is what he said in an interview after the game, saying that he gets bored on the field when the defense is playing well, so it's hard to, I know I'm paraphrasing, keep the intensity up to finish the game. Yeah. As a team captain on the defense, since he's a leader, <clears throat> do you think the comments have divided the locker room a little or could possibly lose some chemistry? With him saying that, do you think it could rub off in a bad way to the younger players on the team? Since you did, thanks for reading. Just want to say thank you for all the hard work and great content from you and your team. Keep up the great work. Go Bucks, Mike Cordell. Thanks, Mike. Um, I I get how those could rub you the wrong way. Yeah, I saw that, and I'm not sure if he meant it the way it came out. Yeah, I'm not, you know, and I and I maybe bored was the wrong word i think that's what happens to players sometimes yeah they i think bored was the wrong they're word. trying to make a point they make a couple of bad word choices yeah. and ends up coming out that yeah way. they really meant it you know they're up 21 to nothing they were they are playing well the game kind of loses its intensity yeah a little bit. well it, they lost their intensity which is which is you know understandable um but uh i think it was poor choice of words and no i don't think i don't it's, think it's going to cause any problems in the room. at all there's, there's no concern about Devin White in particular, but any of them about how intense they are about the game. No. <laughs> you know? It's, it's not going to be a problem. Nobody's looking at Devin White going, well, yeah. I guess he's getting bored. Should he really be running yeah. this and game? And, and if you've ever seen intensity on TV 12 with a, yeah. with a surface being tossed now and then. so No, I understand. <clears throat> yeah, I understand his question. It's a legitimate question. I just think it was a poor choice. And I, don't, I do not part. believe it will be any problem in the locker room. No. At all. No, this is a really nice locker room. I mean, this is they're, a very cohesive. Knit, yeah. yeah, it's a very cohesive locker room, <clears throat> which is fun to be able to say that because not being able to be in the locker room for the last couple of years, this is it's actually been a treat this year. If anything, I could see them joking around with him and making fun of him for yeah. that comment, and yeah. you know, and, and probably calling him slacker now. And then you know that would just make him more intense. Oh right? yeah. All right, and then and then same guy. Okay. Realized he wanted to say one more thing. Oh. Uh, here, hello again, salty ones. There is one more thing I wanted to add to my last email. All the sports shows are talking about how horrible call the roughing the passer flag was, which we talked about at sure. length. Although no one has said a word about the play before when when yeah. Scooter Scotty was giving their DB, sorry, don't remember his name, a piggyback ride out of bounds, yeah. wasn't called. Good call, Mike. If it was, that play never would have happened. Just wondered your thoughts about that. And then since you did, thanks for reading again. Fire the cannons, Mike Cordell. All right. Mike. Well, the only thing I would take issue with here is 
he may not have heard people talking about it, but plenty of people are talking about it. Yeah. Every Bucks fan. Yeah, but he's in a little bitty town. Yeah, but Twitter goes everywhere. Well, that's true. And if you read, like, <laughs> Twitter goes everywhere. Or PFT. You read comments on after a story about this on, uh, on yeah. Pro Football Talk. Sure. There's plenty of people chiming in. Well, what about the Scotty Miller play, the play before? Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about it. it. It's a very good point. I mean, and the point being that refs miss calls all the time because it's an extremely hard job. All right. And that's why some of those things are reviewable, but I won't get into that again. I think I, I, I said it earlier, it's all about timing, and I think it's just the fact that they did, they just felt like they didn't have a chance. It was, the, it was yeah. the play that they knew meant they weren't yeah, going to get a it chance. It put the dagger We in still it. had to get one more first yeah. down, but at yeah. that point I'm sure they were pretty much, well, we're, we're screwed now. Sure. But in any case, yes, I believe that was a missed call on Scotty Miller. They happen all the time. They happen mm. in every game. These two just happen to have them back-to-back. Back-to-back. <laughs> I... <laughs> On um, nothing but bucks, TJ had um, Jeff Darlington on, okay. and Jeff said that the um, the worst play ever he's ever saw was the quarterback one, and then he said, and the second worst one was the pass interference one. <laughs> so, <laughs> however he says it, it's very funny. So, so you can check that by out by his too. estimation. By, and that's a national, yeah, that's a, by a national guy saying, hey. Those were missed calls. Okay. All right. One more. All right. And then we're out of here. Okay. Gents. Gee. Here we are at three and two. Not bad. And we're looking up at the four and one Giants. I guess he means in the overall NFC series. Uh-huh. Who saw that coming? <laughs> I definitely did not. The whole NFC East, well, other than the commanders, is flying high. And I thought, wait, we had all agreed that division would be terrible this year. Uh-huh. I think that was the basic thought. Uh, yeah, that's a good concern. Philly, Philly had... Some people believe in Philly, but probably not to the extent they'd be 5-0 and and Jalen Hurts be playing out of his mind. Right. I don't think anybody believed in the Giants or the Commanders, and there's a definitely split opinion on on Dallas. Yeah. <clears throat> in Dallas, you knew they were going to kind of be there, but you also knew they could fade at any time. Yeah, and they're 4-1. And, and then when they got smoked by us and lost Dak Prescott, you thought, well, there goes right. that they're, season. Yeah, and they're 4-1. They're and one. Right, they, they stayed right in. It's a good Giants event. are 4-1. Eagles are 5-0. and oh, The Commanders are <laughs> 1-4. And he says and here, that win over Dallas in the first week suddenly looks pretty good, which uh-huh. is a good point, right? Good point. Same like last year, yeah. That helps when you get to – Tiebreakers like strength of schedule. Yeah. Obviously, there are surprise teams every season. That is a very good point that we need to keep in mind. Every year. Yeah. I'm, this is me saying this, not him. Every year, there's a couple teams that are much worse and much better than you expected. And the Giants, this is him again, and the Giants are probably the biggest one so far this year. I think that's true. Yeah. I think they're the biggest surprise team. I would say so, yeah. It, because, looked, yeah. it looked for a little while like it might be Jacksonville, but they've lost two in a row. Well, yeah. In yeah, ugly, in ugly fashion. Yeah, with the Giants, you had a new head coach, so you always think, well, it's a new system going in. You have a question mark on their quarterback. Right. They're not convinced that that's the guy, or at least last year you weren't convinced he was the guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I think another surprising team is the Jets right now. I mean, they're not in the NFC, but, I'm, you know, the Jets are surprising everybody. I think that's the biggest one probably. But their wins, I'm not convinced, though, let me put it that way. Yeah. They did beat Cleveland, but Cleveland's been a bit of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. They did beat Pittsburgh, but now we see that Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's is probably struggling. not very good. Right. Hopefully, I'm not jinxing. Hopefully, that. that's true yeah. for at least one more. For week. one more week, you're hoping. And they that. beat Miami this past week, but they, Miami didn't have a quarterback. Yeah. Miami's been pretty decent, so that's a good quality win for them. But with the thing about them having no quarterback, you know, and I, you know, since he is the defending AFC champs, and they're two and three, but I'm not surprised by that. I thought they're, in fact, one of my predictions. Was that Baltimore would win that division? Yeah. And One of my predictions was I didn't think Cincinnati would make the playoffs. I did go. say that. So we're both looking good a little bit on that uh-huh. one right now. 
Uh, I do think since he's played a lot of good teams. Well, that's what happens, you know. Yeah, you play that first place you, schedule. You, and, I mean, the, again, it's, what, week five? Next three weeks, you're going to know what kind of teams you got because the good ones start kicking. There's a lot of teams in the middle right now, so there's not a lot of huge surprises mm-hmm. outside of New York. No. There have been some surprise single games. I guess I didn't know that San Fran's defense would be this good. I think one of the teams that, that uh, got a lot of rah-rah siskumba was the Saints. Everyone was talking nationally was. about how they were yeah. they're going to be the world beaters, how they were going to surprise everybody, and, and they are surprising everybody mm-hmm. right now. So. They did win this past yeah, week. Yeah, they did. Um, <clears throat> every game that Seattle plays is like 40 to 35. They have a terrible defense, but, but Geno still- Smith has been a lot better than a lot of people expected. Boy. It, it Pete Carroll certainly looks smart in letting uh, yeah, Russell right? Wilson move two on. Two ones and two twos. Yeah. And their quarterback is playing better than Russell Wilson is right now. Wow, yeah. That's a potentially disastrous story in Denver. That it could be, yeah. You thought, okay, Nate Hackett. Well. First I, of all, there is a definite school of thought, and I there's no way to prove this, and I'm not sure I buy into it. Right. But there's definitely people that believe the reason that Denver hired Nate Hackett is because they thought he could get Aaron Rodgers to go there. Because Nathan Hackett was the offensive coordinator and for the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers was fond of him. And very much so. And did, very fond of the system. Whether or not that was ever part of their motivation, of course, they would never say that it was. Oh, no. Um, they didn't get Aaron Rodgers. No. And then they traded the house for Russell Wilson. And they're struggling. They're and struggling. Nate Hackett is struggling with some decision-making. Yeah. And Russell Wilson has not played particularly well. No. On, At all. On, in that Thursday night yeah, game. Yeah, which was weird. He, he did not notice throws. the wide-open guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Now, that was is this it, week, right? It seems like Yeah, it was last Thursday. It was in overtime. Yeah. Is it? That was that 19 uh, 12 uh, gamer. 12 9? Like, yeah, something All like that. All field goals? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a bad offensive line and he's getting batted around. I don't know. I really have not watched much of Denver. I don't other think than, it's tragically bad offensive yeah. They did lose Garrett Bowles, who was probably their best offensive lineman. Well, but he's got a decent cast of weapons around but him. But there's a perfect example of. You know, teams that'll surprise you because if you think, hey, you know, we got a halfway decent team, we get a new head coach, we're getting a Russell Wilson. Yeah, and at the time, everyone was going, wow, that's a that's a great pretty move. Good, pretty that's good solid. Defense. Yeah. Lots of good weapons. Uh-huh. That's This is the missing piece of the puzzle because they haven't had a good quarterback since Peyton Rich. So on paper, it looks solid. Yeah, but it's, it's potentially a disaster if it yeah. keeps going in this direction because mm-hmm. you're hooked to him for a while and for a lot uh, of money. Yep. Yep. So. Anyway, and then that, and, that story is probably a long way from being written. I have seen seasons from Russell where he looked like an absolute MVP for the first half mm-hmm. and then struggled down the stretch yeah. and vice versa. So it wouldn't shock me if he starts reeling off great games. But he's not doing it right now, mm-hmm. and that's got to have some people pretty tight over there. It's a hard go. That's all I got, Jeff. All right, that's it, too. Uh, let's see, uh, Pittsburgh, and then we play Carolina, Carolina. So we should be on a good roll. Well, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I'm calling it. Now. Okay, good. All right. Since you did, thanks for listening.